This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. I know there's not a mom in the world listening to this right now who isn't somehow being impacted by the coronavirus. I'm not an expert on coronavirus and healthcare. I'm not an expert on the stock market and the economy, but I am an expert on staying calm, managing my brain, and helping other moms to do the same. So take a nice, long, deep breath. I've got you. I wanted to do this bonus episode because... This is the time when all of the tools and all of the ideas I've talked about in the previous 83 episodes come into play. This is the time when you actually get to apply them and practice them rather than just listening and understanding them on an intellectual level. I'm always talking about how the best gift you can give your kids is an emotionally and mentally healthy mom. And there is no better time to utilize the tools that I share and manage your mind. Helping people understand their brains and how to stay calm in the chaos is my jam, (laughs) right? It's what I do best. And I want to help you so that you can show up as the mom you most want to be. You are the epicenter of your family. You're the glue that holds it all together. Your kids are looking to you for stability and guidance and authority during this time. And they take their emotional cues from you. So before you can help them feel calm and reassured and safe, you've got to focus on feeling that yourself. A lot has happened for me over the past five days that I want to share with you as a way to illustrate many of the points that I want to make. Five days ago, I learned that my sister's mother-in-law, So my sister's husband's mom passed away. She was 95 and she had been ill for a long time. This had nothing to do with the coronavirus, right? She had dementia for years and she didn't recognize anybody. And in a matter of days, she stopped eating, her body started to shut down and she died. There was a small funeral, about 20 people, and my dad was there. While we were walking from the chapel to the burial site, he told me how he hated thinking about death. It was the most frightening thing he could think of because, as he said, it's so final and because he'll never see the person again, never be able to hear them or touch them. And he was getting really emotional about it while talking to me. When we got to the burial site, I realized that my brother-in-law and his family weren't nearly as emotional as my dad. In fact, while the family was certainly sad, there was also a kind of lightheartedness in the air. My brother-in-law has had quite a lot of loss in his family. His father died many years ago, and two of his three siblings died in pretty horrific ways. One was hit by a van while riding her bike, and the other committed suicide. So I imagine he and his family have done a lot of thinking about the topic. His mother's death certainly wasn't a surprise to him, and although he loved her deeply, he felt a sense of relief when she died because he thought 
she's not suffering anymore. And he may have even adopted the beliefs that the rabbi shared that there's an afterlife where we're reunited with our loved ones and that the soul never dies and lives on forever. What struck me about all of this is that death is a neutral circumstance. What determines how you feel about death is how you think about it. My dad was feeling anxious, thinking death is final. It means we'll never see each other again. While my brother-in-law was feeling relief and at peace. What's more important than whose thoughts about death were true is whose thoughts were more useful. I tell you this story because just like death is a neutral circumstance and different people have different thoughts and feelings about it, the coronavirus is a neutral circumstance too. This explains why not everyone is having the same reactions. Some people are panicked and stocking up on toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Some are stressed and snapping at their kids or eating ice cream by the pint. Some are angry that their trip or event was canceled and are complaining to anyone who will listen about how they can't get a refund. Some are skeptical and spreading ideas about political conspiracies. And some are calm and going about their daily routines. So whatever you're feeling isn't right or wrong, good or bad, but just because someone else is panicking doesn't mean you have to. Just because you hear the word pandemic doesn't mean that panic is the only option, that it's inevitable or necessary. You've got to remember that your brain is always looking for danger. It's always trying to protect you and keep you safe. That's its job. And the news channels know this. They know that your brain is drawn to the catastrophic headlines and predictions of gloom and doom. When you are constantly feeding your brain with news stories, it's like you're injecting your brain with a steady stream of negativity and fear that becomes addictive. While a healthy dose of fear can keep you safe, you don't want to make fear an obstacle that paralyzes you. Everyone's talking about this being a great time of uncertainty, but the truth is we're always living in uncertainty. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We think we know. We make plans. We have expectations. But the only thing that's really predictable is that life is unpredictable. Feelings of certainty and safety don't come from everything going according to plan or knowing exactly what to expect or there never being any danger. The feelings of certainty and safety come from your mind. And that's the best news ever. If the only way for me to feel safe is to stop the spread of coronavirus or stop any kind of danger from happening, I'm screwed because I have no control over that. But I have complete control over my mind and what I choose to think. I can choose to focus on the present moment and think right now, I'm safe. Right now, I'm healthy, my kids are healthy, my parents are healthy, and I'm certain that whatever life throws at me, I'll handle it, I'll get through it. So the day after the funeral, I was getting ready to go to Dallas for a business workshop when I received a text message from one of my good friends. And she said, as your friend, I would be remiss if I didn't say, are you sure it's a good idea for you to be getting on a plane and traveling? She went on to say, you know, I'm the least anxious person and everything on the news is strongly recommending social distancing where possible as a strategy, certainly something you can't do in an airport or a plane. 
And I texted her back and I said, thank you. I'm going to go and I'm going to have an amazing time and be careful and safe. To which she responded, safe travels, enjoy. My mom then said, well, I don't like that you're going either. And I said, I know you don't, but I do. So I'm going. I felt completely calm and confident in my decision. I thought this is probably the best time to fly because the airports will be empty and everyone will be taking extra precautions to make sure everything's clean. So I went to the airport, I got on the plane, and while I was in the air, the workshop got canceled. I will admit, initially, I felt annoyed and disappointed, but I ended up going to the hotel and I met up with some friends of mine, ate good food, and the next morning, we all coached and learned from each other. It was exactly like I told my friend. I had an amazing time and I was careful and safe. What I learned from being around so many other life coaches who all manage their minds with the same tools is that panic is completely optional. If there was any panic in the room, I certainly didn't sense it. There was gratitude for each other and for the life coaching industry. There was inspiration to serve our clients and help them through their suffering. And there was tons of love. I think as moms, we can choose to see this time in our history as an opportunity. We can use it as a wake-up call to pay more attention to stopping the spread of germs by washing our hands properly and having more personal space. We can use it as motivation to start saving money in an emergency fund instead of impulsively buying things we don't need. We can use it as an opportunity to spend quality time with our kids and even use it to reset or restructure the routines at home. Depending on where you live, you could use it as a chance to get outside and enjoy nature or tidy up your home environment. The way you think about this will determine your results. If you choose to think, I can't handle this, I won't be able to deal with the kids being home, you will for sure create that for yourself. If you choose to think, this too shall pass, I'll get through it, you will create an entirely different experience. Do you see that? I talked to my daughter while waiting to board my flight home, and she told me she was scared because she didn't want to get coronavirus, and she didn't want me or her grandma to get it either. And she asked me, Mommy, why aren't you freaking out? <laughs> and I asked her back, why is it a problem that I'm not freaking out? And she said, because you won't do anything. And I think this is a really common misconception that if we're calm, it means that we don't care or we're not going to do anything. And I told her, no, it doesn't mean I won't do anything. It means I'll do things from a feeling of calm, not panic. And making decisions from a feeling of calm is way better. When you make decisions out of fear and panic, you become reactive. You snap at your kids. You rely on your toddler brain to make decisions in the moment rather than using the more rational part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, to make deliberate and thoughtful choices. On the plane home, I sat in the same row as Carl, who was a pilot for another airline. We got to talking about our professions, and I asked him to explain turbulence to me. I feel afraid every time I experience it because I don't understand it. So he explained it as pockets of air that are like bubbles. And sometimes when they pop, the plane drops. I told him I thought it would be really helpful if the pilot would just come on over the intercom and tell everyone that we were okay. 
And he said, most of the time, pilots don't even feel the turbulence because they're so used to it. And as he was talking, I remembered an analogy I heard a colleague of mine use about moms and flight attendants. We've all heard the advice to put on your own oxygen masks before we help our kids. And we've heard it in relation to self-care for moms, right? Take care of yourself first so that you can take care of your kids. Well, this other analogy is that moms are like flight attendants. When there's turbulence, we look to the flight attendant to see her reaction. If she's sitting and calmly reading a magazine, we feel reassured that everything's okay and that we're safe. Similarly, when schools are closed and there's no food on grocery store shelves or your kids hear something about death on the news, they're going to look to you and your reaction to gauge how they should feel. Your kids need you to let them know, I've got you. You're safe. We're helping to keep ourselves and our community safe by washing our hands and making sure we're keeping our distance from people for a while. And in the meantime, we're going to make the best of this situation. We're going to get through this. Yes, there's uncertainty. Yes, there's change. Yes, we're going to have to figure it out. And we will. We will figure this out and we'll be stronger on the other side. So this is the part of the 50% that feels icky. Nothing has gone wrong. But if you feel like you're so anxious and you have no idea how you're going to get through these next few weeks with the kids at home, or you have elderly parents you're worried about, or you're just feeling powerless, I want to invite you to an open coaching call with me on Monday, March 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern, where you will have the opportunity to be coached by me live. I want to help you figure out how to cope with this so that you can show up for your kids in the most effective way. If you've never been coached or seen someone get coached with the model, this will be an awesome opportunity for you to see it in action and to get some help too. So I will be sending the Zoom link and reminders to my email list. If you're not on my email list and you want to get coached or you just want to come to the call, go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash subscribe. You can sign up there and then I will send you links and reminders and I will see you on Monday night. Come with any questions, concerns, problems related to coronavirus and how to manage all the changes going on. Also, please share this episode with your mama friends so that they can benefit too. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you like this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode, email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.